0: i love the chase and the hunt and i set the pace when i'm running i always take what i want and i always give it 100 don't need a bank no i funded play the game like it's nothing i'm always thankful for something don't take for granted stay humble now wake up it's time to look what's up everybody welcome back to the comment writers we're here this is episode seven we're gonna talk about commoner geeks episode seven as well and toby how you doing
1: pretty good josh how are you
0: Good. Uh, I didn't do the full like intro. I let you. Uh, I, I made it more conversational this time. I told you I always mix it up on you. So this time I decided to just be like, Toby, how's it going? And then I, I explained ha- my intros after I do them, which is always helpful.
1: Yeah, it's pretty much like when I build into a story for my stupid names for the episodes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. They're always different. Uh, they're completely useless. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, speaking of names for the episode, so if you uh, if this is your first uh, episode of the Comment Writers, I, how are you? How are you living your life uh, starting on episode seven? But here we are. Um, we picked the name The Comment Writers and liked it. Then I worked on it a lot as I'm you know creating the podcast feed and creating the album art, and I I wrote the words The Comment Writers a lot, and it just started to kind of get to me. Like I like this name, but maybe I don't love it. So Toby has taken it upon himself. Uh, the kind soul that he is to come up with new alternative names for each episode uh we're kind of going through them, seeing what we like, seeing what we don't <laughs> at the end of this season we're gonna kind of do the big list and figure out which one is the best so with that preamble toby uh <laughs> do you do you have a new name for us here in episode seven?
1: I actually have more of a question for you okay do you think that like? Obviously, the Desire Grand Prix is only known by a select few, and it's not like a big deal. Like it's a huge deal because they're fighting for the the safety of the world. Exactly. They're not. It's not a huge deal. Like the common, the common folk, which I might have to write down for a different title, just for the record. uh, (laughs) They don't know about the games. But if this was a TV show and it had an announcer, do you think when they announced the common riders? Like, they would have, like, the host guy, and they like, when they pick the person, they would say, like, Common Down, you're the next contestant on the Grand Prix. I do think <laughs> that, yeah. I think that's what they would do. <laughs> I heard the little giggle first. That's all
0: that matters. <laughs> My favorite part of the, of the story names that you do is is trying to figure out where it's going before you actually get to it. <laughs> <laughs> and that one was enough of a walk that I, I wasn't quite sure until the very end <laughs> where it was going.
1: I love it. I love that part of the that part of it is when I start talking and <laughs> I start getting ripped up with this story, hopefully everyone's mind starts going, where the fuck is this going to go? <laughs> I'm
0: like, what's, what's going to rhyme with common? What's going to sound like common when we get to here? Uh, <laughs> Coming common on down (laughs) I feel like yeah I feel like that's what what they should do and they show up on the platform there should be like a ramp that leads down to the big floating platform and there should be some sort of uh, game
1: show announcer that's there some fanfare people clapping yelling yeah it's like Lord Ace
0: Coming on down you're the next (laughs) contestant
1: on the Desire Grand Prix
0: see it works man I'm telling you (laughs) and then then he, he looks over at Buffa and he says one dollar
1: <laughs> and then ace goes too, and it was like some crappy cd that was worth five and of course ace wins because he always does
0: <laughs> what, what kind of stuff are they selling on on uh, on prices right nowadays
1: i feel like it's the same stuff but like it's still like i think they hit a point in time where they're like this is the tier of items we're gonna do because <laughs> i feel like i mean i don't watch it nearly as much as i used to Like it used to be like the, you're, I'm homesick from school, watch TV show kind of deal. And obviously with like, I work from home all the time, but I still don't watch it. But I feel like they hit a tier where like the, the gifts are always the same or they get prizes like Garmin GPSs, I feel like have been a constant on that show for like the past 15 years. (laughs) Yeah. I think, I think you're definitely right. So like uh... we've, I, I feel like we've aged out at technology. So whenever they show them, I'm like, $50 like it can't be that much this is freaking 25 year old tech we all have smartphones now and everything else and it'll be like $179 I also have to wonder like what the fuck price are they pulling this from I think that's like
0: still the price of those so my my parents I I've just now gotten them off of using a standalone Garmin GPS when they travel um they've had smartphones for years but would still pull out the stupid gps when they would go places and at some point i had to be like y- you just have to stop because like these maps don't get updated anymore like you-, you know like it's not like a phone where like it knows road closures like the day they happen um it's not showing you like live traffic data like your phone is it's not rerouting you the second that there's an accident like it's just not safe anymore
1: <laughs> to travel yeah, it's, not, it's not as wise as it used yeah. to be for the so longest
0: on, time, my parents were like they would yeah, like not worry with the phones at all. they'd still get the stupid old g p s that has maps from like two thousand and four on it. They're so like, oh god, you're just gonna be you're gonna miss like the entire neighborhood that I live in It's not gonna be in your g p s
1: so it's crazy, like I'm looking at prices on Amazon, and their smaller ones are way flashier than they used to be, and they go for like sixty bucks, but oh. there's also ones that are like. 10 11 12 inch screens that seem like they like, actually get like hard mounted into the car and they're like 250
0: okay that seems reasonable like it still seems so a, expensive if it's a screen that big mean, though yeah but i mean like if i'm just thinking like you know it's basically going to be a, like a little android device right That powers a screen that big that just happens to be running like crappy garmin software instead <laughs> that seems like the the price ish
1: yeah i guess that seems fair so my only story to throw, <laughs> to tie into the Garmin talk real quick. So I had one years and years and years ago before smartphones were remotely a thing. Same. And it was actually bad enough where if you wanted new maps, it was once a year. You had to pay per country. Yeah. And it was like $250 for the map download itself. So to go from like twenty. I mean, I'll use this year for the sake of the conversation. So, like, to go from, like, 2022 conversations to get 2023, um, 2023 routes and stuff for next year, it'd be, like, $250. Yeah. So, the one day I actually found on, like, Pirate Bay or one of those fucking places, <laughs> I found the download for the new maps. And I was like, I'll just dump these on. I don't give a shit. I'm not paying for it. But the storage and the GPSs were actually so small, they had to delete the old maps. Yep. To upgrade it to the new maps, so of course I had like that weird moment of panic where I'm like, "I'm really good with this stuff." Like, it's saying replace this one file, should be doable, but I'm like, "I'm going to delete this old map off. The new map is not going to do anything. I'm going to pre- I'm gonna have like a fucking bricked my GPS." And at that point, there's probably like no easy fixes for that stuff. So. <laughs> Did it work though? Did you go okay? Oh yeah, it, I mean it worked okay. It was literally like. It was like North underscore America underscore like two thousand four. I had to yep. delete off and just copy over the underscore two thousand five one. Basically,
0: I love that entire story because see, you know, like in uh, in like anime shows or something, cartoons, like two characters look up and it's like they're seeing the same moon at the same time. I feel like you and I were that, but with Garmin GPSs, because I also <laughs> had that literal exact experience of. I'm not going to pay this much money for new maps. That's ridiculous. Pirating some and then having the fear of like, I got to delete these because there's not enough room for both. So hopefully I don't kill this thing. Here we go. (laughs)
1: Um, (laughs) Yeah. especially back, especially back then, like, yeah. Like what what is the conversation with? I'll call it like tech support. If they, if they even had it like, Hey, there's no more maps on my GPS. What do I do? And they would be like, I don't know how to just delete them. I have to just, shrug and play stupid <laughs> yeah and then obviously the solution would probably be like oh we'll just we'll send you a new dvd or whatever the freaking loading option was it's 150 dollars. you want it and at that point i'd probably have to be like yeah yes like I yeah there's just yes <laughs> there's
0: no other no other options here. Yeah, i gotta gotta fix this thing yeah yeah pirating maps felt like the coolest thing back in the day like like when i did it like obviously you know like you, you're stealing songs and stuff too because you're you're uh a kid and and it's the internet, but knowing how expensive those maps were was like, dang! I'm doing something here. Like I'm getting into like federal crime. You know, like I'm doing work. <laughs> like, this this totals getting up. Like this trial is gonna have a judge if
1: I get caught. <laughs> this is gonna be serious.
0: <laughs> uh, so don't don't steal, kids. <laughs> That's basically yeah. what I'm saying. yeah
1: yeah, you know, just because we talked about how we get the episodes of the shows in the past and stuff. But yeah, don't Yeah, don't <laughs> no
0: Definitely. Uh, everything's on the up and up. Toby and I actually fly to Japan every week to watch the new episode. We also taught ourselves Japanese to make it work. Yeah. yeah.
1: So. And the important thing is we fly there together. We then go in separate rooms and call each other on Discord to record the episodes and then fly back to America afterwards. Yeah. To keep like, it, the illusion alive.
0: It's all for the integrity of the show. Yeah. Exactly. Now that we're caught up on how we watch the show, let's talk about <laughs> the show. <laughs> let's do it. This is Common Rider Geeks, episode seven. Uh, last episode, we lost our dearly beloved Mary, who was disqualified after turning into a complete jerk. Really, just a just a kick them while they're down, thieving jerk is what Mary was deep down.
1: And yeah, and pretty much in twenty minutes, he went from yeah. <laughs> lovable lovable scamp to probably the worst person out of the six other than maybe the depressed kid who wanted to kill everybody.
0: Yeah, I, I think I think the kid who wanted to, you know, commit mass genocide is probably a little worse. <laughs> but you know, it's a starting skill. Yeah. Um so we're left with our kind of four we talked about them as kind of main characters last time. We have Commander Beats, Buffa neon and Kai or uh what is it uh Na Nago? Is that Neon's what, what's her, yeah. her
1: name? Yeah, uh, Nago, yeah.
0: Nago. And then ty- Tycoon is, is Kawa. So yeah, our, our four main guys are left. Our show opens once again with Kawa doing his recap monologue. You called it hit the nail on the head last time that this is the conceit basically to give us our recap uh, each episode. But <laughs> this one ends with with Kawa getting caught by his sister once again in his room doing the recording last time when he got caught they sort of play it like oh god like did she think she caught him jerking off but then she's like you're you you know you failed your your new interview or whatever this time she just thinks she caught him jerking off
1: (laughs) there's no other explanation that that they actually went from like obviously our weird minds went to that joke immediately because that's like the fun joke to make Yep. And this time, like, he was about as dramatic when he got panicked and tried to hide things. Yep. Maybe a little less so than the first time. But this time she was like, it was basically like the vibes of like, oh, you're a growing boy. Tee-hee-hee. I know what you're doing.
0: Yeah. I, I could not believe that there wasn't, there wasn't a turn at that. Like, still a growing boy, nothing to be embarrassed about. And I was expecting her to be like, like you don't have to hide the fact that that you eat cheese or whatever, right? Like <laughs> I was expecting something to flip, where then you find out she didn't doesn't think it is what it is. Uh, but no, none of that came, <laughs> and we just are left with like, oh, sister thought she just walked in on that, and that's how she behaved. Okay, <laughs> cool.
1: So it's almost it's almost the vibe of that this that whole situation's probably happened. <laughs> and she was just like, "Oh, ho, ho,
0: doing it again." Oh man, yeah. I, I wish she had said that. I was like, "Again, KY <laughs> <laughs> So maybe,
1: they, maybe that joke is coming at the end of this, or like another episode or two in. Maybe I hope, I hope the next time she's just
0: like, "You could just lock your door, like just just lock <laughs> your door, and then this wouldn't happen."
1: <laughs> Stop being weird. Just <laughs>
0: come on. <laughs> uh, our next little scene is. Kind of the first one, I think there's a lot of like kind of mind-blowing parts of this episode. There's some things that happen here that um, I couldn't wait to talk to you about. And this is sort of the beginning of the first one. So Ace is kind of sitting up on some girders or something. He's climbed up somewhere tall. He's sort of brooding. He's got that Caesar coin that we have seen before. We don't really know where it came from. He's kind of flipping it and he talks about like, you know, he's, he's doing this thing like, where are you thing now? And we see a woman in his kind of flashback vision where she says, Forget about me. You'll be happier that way. And we find out it's his mom. And she's kind of she's dressed as like this sort of like kind of super old school, like flowing white dress. She looks like she should be like a a Greek
1: goddess or something. Um, Yeah, like like wispy ghost angel.
0: Yeah. And she kind of like walks back through this like big archway. It all looks very kind of ancient looking. it's like, that's his mom? Like what's going on? Um, Obviously we find out what's going on later in the episode. We'll we'll talk about it when we get to that point. But um, I had so many questions after that little scene. I love the little like ace background scenes because every time they happen, it's always like, what is happening?
1: Like who is this guy? What is going on? Yeah, like his are definitely more like, punch in the face reveals really right? yeah. like his are so few and far between and they're never just like weird things. Like it wasn't him as a kid, like playing some coin game with his mom. And it's like a little small tie of like, Oh, they used to play games with the coin together. That makes sense. Why he has it. This was like, I'm leaving you. Trust me. This is for the best.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm leaving you and I'm dressed like a Ren fair. <laughs> this is for the best. <laughs> we get a um a definitely not as serious uh, flashback with Kawa. He's reading uh, some old reports that he wrote when he was in school. Um he hasn't changed much. He wanted to bring peace to the world and be an awesome adult. He's not quite sure what an awesome adult is at this point though. But I I do he, think it's
1: adorable that he, like pretty much his entire life he's just been like I want happiness for everyone, <laughs> yeah <laughs> it it I ta- I've talked about it before on the show here.
0: the parallels to Kamen Rider Zeo are are vast <laughs> in this series um, and specifically, Kawa is very similar to the main character there, Sogo because Sogo is a character who wants to be king of the world to help people and to make everybody have a happy life basically and they also talk about like oh he's wanted to be king since he was a little kid and like that kind of thing where it's like i thought he'd grow out of it turns out he never did <laughs> um, so like yeah i think that those two characters are, like kind of identical so i love that, that that's continuing hey okay, well also has uh, some ninja toys that he pulls out i don't know why he decided to go through all of his old stuff but <laughs> but he decided to reminisce this episode
1: his sister's definitely becoming Maybe, I mean, obviously the busting him with the joke porn thing is weird, but she's definitely like shaping up more like a mom character for him. Yeah. than Like a sister. Like it's more like the gentle guidance than a sibling teasing nudges kind of thing. Yeah,
0: for sure. Yeah. She even like, you know, he's reading this report and she's quoting it to him. Like, well, yeah, like the proud, proud mom instead of the sister, like she knew exactly what he'd written. She remembered it. She cared about, you know, his thoughts when he was a young child and stuff. So, yeah, that and then kind of throughout the rest of this episode, too, we kind of find out that they um, their, their parents had died. So they kind of were all each other had. So yeah, I think that that's sort of the role that she's probably filled in. And we kind of saw it in the first episode, too, where she's checking in on how his interview went and,
1: you know, taking care of him. Yeah, that definitely makes sense.
0: Dion is, uh, is streaming on Twitch again. She's at her 53rd runaway attempt. Loved this scene. The Bodyguards instantly run at her. One of the bodyguards instantly runs at her, tries to stop her. She hides behind the nearest civilian, basically. Turns out it's not just a very tall woman. It's the other bodyguard dressed like a woman wearing a blonde wig.
1: <laughs> all, I, all I can think of is there's... I guess it's J-pop or J-metal or however it works, but there's a Japanese metal band called Lady Baby. Of course, I think that's the right one. I think that's the right <laughs> one, but the whole, the whole arc or whatever of that band is, it's a guy that's dressed exactly like that.
0: Oh, I'm looking at pictures right now.
1: Right, Lady Babies are right yeah, one? yeah. Okay, yeah. So like. When I saw that, I was like, "Wow, this is a crazy like cameo from somebody else." So when he <laughs> took when he took the guy took the wig off and was like, "I'm the bodyguard," I was like, "That was actually kind of bummed
0: that it wasn't Lady Baby showing yeah. up." <laughs> yeah, if you're if you're not familiar with this band, it is uh yeah a, a grown man dressed exactly like the bodyguard here from the show. So like you know either like cutesy pink dresses or like a maid outfit. He's got. Uh, pigtails in most of the, the pictures I'm seeing. And then he's with two younger women um, who, you know, look to be about Neon's age ish, also dressed the same way, basically, as him.
1: Yep, that's the whole vibe.
0: Yeah. That's good. I, I, it definitely is a good vibe. <laughs> he, a lot of these pictures, too, like a couple of these, he's like kind of posed cutesy, but most of them, he's like posed menacingly like a metal guy would be <laughs> but then he's you know dressed like a maid It's pretty great
1: they are apparently Japanese kawaii metal music okay and the out. guy is lady beard which I feel like I know but I forgot Uh he is and that guy is a bearded cross-dressing persona of an Australian male wrestler
0: oh great okay the <laughs> crossover with, with wrestling then I'm especially on board I, I figured I
1: this was like the go-to for you this is, this is the only nudge you needed
0: yeah if, if someone tells me it's a weird thing i'm on board and if someone tells me it's a weird thing and also there's a wrestler in it it's like, yeah i'm definitely on board.
1: <laughs> then sold
0: i just yeah the, the bodyguards have consistently been some of my favorite things in the show and this just ramped it up even even further i i didn't expect it to go that absurd but i'm happy that it happy that it did Uh, as soon as the bodyguards try to capture her, however, we get, um, one of the Geomato walls appear, uh, you know, show up, there's an attack. They, the commoners hadn't been called in basically at that point. Like usually they get a little bit of advanced warning, like the Geomato showed up, but they get called in urgently to protect the city. Um, and we get a view of the new Geomato, sort of the, the new kind of like, final boss Geomato uh minions that are showing up. And they, you know, aren't dressed like pirates. They're not <laughs> they're not looking like playing cards. They kind of like have these like Tron suits on, sort of. They have like long lines that kind of converge in different spots and stuff. I think it's a really cool look. They're definitely it, the scariest version of them that I've seen.
1: Right. It's like the most, I guess we'll call it normal of the versions. Yeah. It's, it's very like Venomy to me. It's like yeah. of black with the white, I guess, just reminds me of Venom.
0: Yeah, and it looks like it looks like certain instances of Venom where they do the the spider leg sort of like a long trail out. Like sometimes you'll see him stylized like that. Um yeah, I definitely had that feel. It feels like they obviously started designing this version of the Giamato and then worked backwards to the other versions by just putting clothes on them and stuff.
1: <laughs> I I can definitely see that.
0: Yeah, because this felt like the vision that we hadn't really seen this
1: one. The crazy thing with the, uh, so, like, like getting into them attacking the people and the arenas here and blah, blah, blah. Geets does, like, the most mellow henshin ever, where he's just kind of, like, strolling along. He's just like, oh, they're here. And, like, it's literally the tone of just, like, henshin. And it's kind of, like, (laughs) it goes. (laughs) okay i guess i guess
0: i'll fight some of these guys that's been one of my favorite things about ace and and geeks is like just yeah just the nonchalance in the face of just any danger that's that's there just like i'm not gonna transform yet i will eventually
1: yeah it's fine whatever it's all good (laughs) just just completely bored with this situation at hand and then before we talk about the final boss who we see revealed here So the one thing I did note was, so if the boss shows up, this is episode seven. If we're saying the show is 40 episodes, like you said, seems to be the Mm standard-ish. I feel like we get three or four total games by the end of this. Like like if it stays on the schedule and they keep, they don't drag any of them out, which I'm sure they will at some point. We should get like three or four world wipes by the end of this, which we're kind of curious about way back in the beginning.
0: Yeah, I think I think that's probably reasonable. Yeah, because like obviously it doesn't get resolved this episode. Uh, the fights, you know, it, the the world doesn't end this episode. So probably happen next episodes. So they yeah, have about eight episodes per you know, game at least for this one. Maybe they start going faster as as we move on. But yeah, if that is the sort of cadence of the show, then yeah, somewhere in the you know four to four to six games
1: potentially. And there's four people left. So that could actually lead into if they stay at the final four the whole time, they can each get one win. Oh yeah. Presumably with at that, using that system, like K hey, would probably be the last one. Then if he's going to stick with the, I just want happiness for everyone vibe. Yeah. He would obviously be the, the ending last winner wish maker. I would assume that's my hot take for the uh, end of the show. I here. like
0: it. Yeah. I think that that's uh I think that seems reasonable. I think, uh, my hot take is I think the first winner is going to be, uh, Geets again. I think ACE is going to win the first time.
1: I feel like that makes the most sense just because then obviously like neon and Koi don't know any better about how it restarts. Yeah. And that's enough to irritate the shadow of Buffa to come back. <laughs> yep. And then, so obviously he would have to win at some point. Uh, If Neon's wish, if they all keep their same wishes the whole time, uh, obviously uh, Buffalo could have his wish and not kill everyone like you said last episode, where it's just the power to get rid of the Riders if he wanted to. So you can Mm -hmm. actually work around that plot-wise. And then Neon can win hers whenever because her wish is so mellow that it doesn't really affect anything. I do think, so
0: this episode we get there's a lot of commentary about about the particular wishes, I think, in this episode. And I think there's two interesting points there. And the first is that we don't actually know what Ace's wish is for this round. We know when he won last time, his wish was basically to become king of the world. He wanted the world recreated in his vision. He wanted to become Lord Ace and become super popular. We don't know if he ran that back, basically, for this time. He rejoined the game. If that's the same thing that he wanted again, he didn't need to play, right? Like he had, he had that, he won. So they kind of insinuate at some point in this episode that like Geet says like, I guess you have to wait and see what's on my card. So like, it's almost like he's saying like, it's something different that you're not going to expect. And obviously
1: with the lead-in of his missing mom stuff, I'm just assuming he's wishing for his mom or some variation of mom or family or something along those lines.
0: Yeah, I think it's gotta be something Something heartfelt like that, yeah. The other interesting thing, of course, Neon, you know, wishing for true love. She gets a scene later in this episode too, where she just asks Neon, or sorry, asks uh, Geets for advice. She's like, like, you know, hey, we're we're fighting for the world here. Should I should I keep going for my own goals, looking for love, or or should I give it up? Because there's essentially she's saying like, there's bigger fish to fry, more important things. So she there's her growing as a character, I think is building some doubt in her somewhat childish wish that she wrote down.
1: Well, yeah. And like, so we'll talk about it again when we get to that part of the episode, we skipped a little bit ahead, but on that point, when she asked about that question and she, they were like, well, you're playing for everyone else's wishes too, or everyone else's dreams as well. That made me think that I didn't think about that before that's like a weird vibe then because like when panda lost up until that point when they're all working together they all were effectively playing for every wishing everyone was dead like in any way shape or form helping him <laughs> stay in the game is working towards his dream of everyone dying
0: yeah yeah <laughs> so yeah it can't all be harmonious if, if one person is wishing for the death of everyone else yeah that's that's a little problematic. But, anywho, back to where we were here. So, we are in this new round. Fighting starts pretty instantly. And we, we see Kewa clear a secret mission. Once again, he, he's very good at figuring out what these secret missions are. And the mission he cleared, if you didn't catch it, he's he takes down a Geomato without being seen. So he kind of gets a stealth kill. And his drop that he gets is once again... The boost buckle.
1: Always (laughs) his. Every episode always his somehow.
0: Always. Then we get uh, a good view of our final boss monster for the first time. Buffa is a little taken aback because the monster, as we first see them, is very short. That's not readily apparent right at first, but it's like kind of comes up to like Buffa's chest, sort of initially. And this thing is as best I can describe it,
1: a cactus with like multiple horse heads. <laughs> so my, it's funny you said the cactus part, because at first I thought it was a cactus and my, my little literal description says cactus, two headed horse, Venus flytrap Cause of like <laughs> okay. the pink, the pink sparkly teeth looking things that are on it. But that's hilarious. We both thought it was a cactus.
0: Uh, yeah. I'm still not convinced that they're not trying to go for a little bit of cactus, but then yeah, we find, we see later like, they show like that monster kind of eating humans, <laughs> and and it sort of yeah does it like you said with like the Venus flytrap looking pods coming down and grabbing people. So yeah, I think Venus flytrap is maybe more what they're going for, but it just just weird looking, um, and unsettling <laughs> looking as well. <laughs> also, terribly CG'd. Holy crap!
1: Well, yeah. Um, so when we were talking about how nice a lot of the stuff looked last episode this episode goes so hard the other direction again with how bad some of it looks yeah especially especially later in the episode when they're still at the amusement park that we kind of saw from episode six but like the distinction of this has been placed cg wise on top of other things it's so blatant and like looks kitty almost or it actually like completely ruins the vibe
0: the, the the crappy part too is like Super Sentai, like their sister show, right? Like made by the essentially the same company. They're so good at giant monsters. Like that whole show is built around, hey, we killed the monster, it grew big, and then we get into our you know robots that all form together and we fight it, and we are knocking down scale models of the city and stuff. Like they could have just done that like they could have just made a giant monster and then, you know, done a CG tiny geeks flying around or whatever. Like, but they could have just done a scale model of the city and had the same monster outfit sort of stomping around in it. But yeah, instead we get this weird superimposed CG monster that never looks real and yeah, just looks really, really bad. When we first see him, they're CGing him smaller. So again, they're taking just the regular monster and making him about you know three-quarter size and it's the same effect as the people were on the platform early on where it's just you can see the cutout lines around them none of it there's no shadows it doesn't line up correctly um it's again shocking that this is the same (laughs) group that did that awesome shot from last episode where you know we were like rotating around the
1: cards and stuff well, so at least for the the monster with this fight and like the vibe of the monster, I do appreciate they have like for Power Rangers, the old throwback, it was always like the monsters got big because of X reason, like Rita making them big or whatever. Yeah. This one, hero to us all, this guy stores souls in his energy drink. <laughs> To throw it back to last week once again and just chugs energy drinks to get bigger.
0: Yeah, it's it's very funny that I, I talked about energy drinks my energy drink I was drinking last episode. Because uh, then, yeah, the monster this week is just powered by energy drinks, PS, and souls. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the, the conceit even, it's not just that it's like energy drinks. You literally have to kick his can to defeat him. So it's a game of
1: kick the can. Yeah, like, and they they even lead into it before they really show the f- monster fight. I think when they say it, too, they're like, "This round is kick the can." Yeah. And it just sounds so dumb when they put it that way. <laughs> yep,
0: but no, it's like, literally, there's a can you have to kick it. Um, the monster like cracks it open and like tips it back, and like liquid goes everywhere. It looks like a Mountain Dew commercial from the '90s, like super extreme. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when they realize there's a can and what the goal is, I think I thought it was a really cool shot where everyone rushes the can all at once so like everybody runs in geeks kind of like kneels down and shoots at the can so like there's a cool shot where like a bullet's coming in and buffa and kwan and stuff are like all running in towards the can and while that's happening like while they're like converging on it the monster chugs the can and like grows like two sizes like as they're getting to him um so despite the bad cg that was like a a pretty cool visual and you we get to find out like oh he's not just a little monster he's like he's gonna
1: keep getting bigger as we he's, go he's whatever size he wants to be
0: yeah exactly uh that doesn't go well <laughs> them them trying to kick the can that time um they all basically just get trounced here and then we head back to the lounge buffa's getting some first aid and they're pretty downtrodden at this point and they start wondering about the fact of, like, are we even going to be able to, to do this? <laughs> um, they start asking some questions. They find out that they have to clear the game, uh, clear the round, get rid of the final boss for all the people that have been captured by the final boss to, to be saved. So if those people are going to come back, they actually have to win. And if all the riders die, then all the people are dead as well. So if all the riders get eliminated... All those people that got eaten up are also dead. So they and definitely the, they were, the they were
1: sure to point out as well that it has happened before where all the riders died.
0: Yeah. And this is where we get into like my favorite reveal of the episode because Geet says like, yeah, that has happened before. We've had a Grand Prix in the past where no riders were left alive and it happened because of the same Giamato. <laughs> uh, <the laughs> all the same souls Final are still monster.
1: in the can. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, they're all there. Uh, and then Geet says it was erased from everyone's memories to, you know, make everyone live a happy life where they don't remember that, <laughs> that all this horrible stuff happened. At this point, because Geet is kind of sharing this knowledge of the game from before they had all started, Ewa essentially asks him, like, how long have you been playing this? Like, When did you start? You and Geet so says, much. <laughs> yeah, you, know, you know so much, you're so knowledgeable. Geet says he started playing in 1 AD. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> I really want this to be that like Geets is Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> so K Y K- 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 at that point was like basically like, okay, come on, whatever. And Geets says essentially like don't ask a question if you don't want the answer. <laughs>, so Geets the, the 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 insinuation being that Geets is um, potentially older than Jesus Christ has been participating in this game uh, since we started counting years, basically <laughs> so, like, that is uh, a mind boggling revelation <laughs> and makes sense now why his mom looked like she was at a Renaissance fair and in her flowing white down uh, because she would have, uh, she would have been living sometime around one AD.
1: He's like, he's 2000 years old. He just looks good for his age
0: man yeah it's uh it's gone pretty well for him <laughs> after 2022 years
1: and i will say that at one point kayla is a little more motivated again as he's slowly building as a, as a human uh they ask these when he's talking to the bartender guy or the host or whatever you want to call him yeah about the way the games work at one point kayla says something and like the host guy just like gives like an approving smile nod and it seems like he's like happy that k actually like stepping up a little bit. Yeah. Which is interesting to me as well.
0: Yeah, that is interesting. Uh, k also like dives head first into kind of stepping up and being the man here next because he says that he has to use the boost buckle for himself because Buffa tries to get it. And, and, and Buffa basically says like, Listen, let me take that. I can move fast enough with it, and we have a chance of taking down the final boss. Old Kawa would have given that up in a heartbeat and said, "Yes, I and don't want to be the one." Smiled and shrugged, and the shrugged one. And yeah. was going on. Listen, as long as it makes you happy, Buffa, take it. But instead, K was like, "No, I'm going to do it for myself. I need to use it. It's me." Hilariously, everyone attempts to talk him out of that. <laughs> Buffa says, "If you screw up, loads of people are gonna die," and uh, asks if he's prepared to protect the world. Koa says, "Yes." So, like, yeah, he's he's growing a pair. is stepping up. Now, it doesn't work out for him. We find out, <laughs> <laughs> but we'll get there. This was a super cute scene that came up next. So, Ace is kind of walking out of the the Common Rider Lounge. Neon stops him and asks him to dinner essentially so should they and like have a glance there in the lounge and then we cut to there at it favorite soba restaurant
1: Snooky noodles or whatever the hell it was
0: whatever it was called yeah yeah so um neon's excited about it she's getting her her soba everyone's taking pictures of them because you know it's like kind of two celebrities again together having having some dinner Neon asks for uh, a type of caviar and Geets says like she's like can I get some whatever caviar It's is like no of course not where do you think you are <laughs> um, and then we find out that yeah Neon had asked Geets there uh, to ask him a question and then yeah that's where we kind of get to the point where she's not sure if she should keep fighting for her own dream since the world's in danger and yeah he kind of gives her a speech and says you know Hey, like you're working hard to save the world, and the reward is for protecting the world. So, like you, you, you deserve to get what's written on your card if you help to protect the world. Basically, is his answer.
1: Right, and then that like this is the part that I mentioned before where I was like, after he hit her with that fact, it made me think of the uh, where it was, hey, he's wishing for bad things, but they're all obviously playing together and working together at least in those early rounds. So just a weird vibe or a weird thought exercise of, do you help these people sh- shoot for bad things so that you can help yourself shoot for a good thing or a neutral thing or whatever it comes out to be?
0: Yeah. Well, I, I think it's, it's probably like, you know, Geats has clearly played this game a bunch. Um, and it's like the guys who were, Beating up Buffa's friend, like maybe the thing is you gotta weed out the bad common riders so that their visions don't come true. So maybe that becomes like more of an active role that that Pete sees that he has to play because you know he, he's not someone who like directly opposes people very often, like he does when he needs to. But he more undermines and kind of sways situations as needed, <laughs> and like pokes and prods and stuff. So. Yeah, I wonder if it's like, yeah, we knew we had to get rid of Dupont, and then like we knew we had to get rid of Mary when I when I looked him up because those guys weren't going to have a, a good wish, basically, that we can all work together on.
1: Yeah, he's, he's very cunning, like a fox. <laughs> Wolfpack. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Obviously, we mentioned this is Kewa's uh, favorite restaurant and Kewa and his sister show up and see that uh, Neon and Ace are here, and Sarah uh, just fangirls hard, <laughs> just instantly loses her mind,
1: and yeah, again, uh, this is great. <laughs> yeah, it's it's actually like one of the longer full scenes in the episode, and it's kind of fun, crazy, that they're all like friends but not, and then Sarah's like geeking out because she's like, oh my god, it's Neon, we had lunch together, or dinner together, and mm-hmm. Kayla and Geet's are just kind of like yeah we see her all the time though i just don't tell you <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> she's like this is amazing and he's like stop embarrassing me and she's like no no this is crazy he's like yeah, yeah but i know her <laughs> this is just, this is, come on just don't don't be weird <laughs> uh this this whole scene i i loved this like you know kind of a slow moment where you get get some character stuff going on with everyone it felt like you know if you watch anime They'll sometimes do the like side episode where they don't really advance plot, but like all the characters go to the beach together or something like that. Um, It felt like that, but in a good way, like, you know, like there's crazy stuff going on, like the world's ending. We have serious stuff to focus on, but like, let's take a moment and just like have a lighthearted dinner and learn about some characters. And that was like, that was a nice little breather. I liked it because I really like all these people too. And it was fun to get to see them interact in different ways.
1: And then, and- so part of the dinner and what leads towards I guess we'll call it the crux of the episode and like the the Geats intro was we find out that Kayla and Sarah have been parentless almost forever, yeah, and it, but and geats keeps giving them weird looks, and I'm assuming it was more so like a weird mix of wait, they're happy with no parents, like they're both having the time of their lives and mix of probably like jealousy and trying to understand k a little bit more probably and just a weird mix of uh, lots of emotions out of him.
0: Yeah. I think they did a good job representing probably those complex emotions because, you know, clearly Ace has some, some unrepentant mother issues <laughs> as well. So yeah, like seeing, seeing k be a person who's so positive, like, you know, going for world peace and all this stuff. Like, I think, I think Ace was like, yeah, that, that emotion was like, Painting Kawa in a different light, like, oh wow, you're a, a tougher guy than I thought you were. Like, you can you got through that. That's amazing. Um, I secretly want Ace to know more about their parents
1: dying. Like, like he was involved. Well, like, like, not, like he was not involved like he, with like Buffa's friend dying.
0: Well, kind of, yeah. Like, not not like he killed them, but like maybe they died because they were participating in a Grand Prix or something. Like finding out that Gates is like apparently 2000 years old means we can get some messed up stuff happening. Right. Like you'd be like, you'd be like, yeah, I, I killed, I killed your parents. Or like, I was there when your parents died or, you know, I was there when your great, great, great grandparents died. <laughs> like like we could, we could really take this story to some interesting places. And, you know, I, I think that that's all that that emotion was, was like, a little bit of camaraderie between ace and kwa but what if it wasn't what if it was like oh they're talking about the people and i know how
1: they died <laughs> yeah like it was more of a knowing look than a than a yeah. just a pissy face well like the weird thing too like we kind of it was one of my guests' last episode but now thinking about it more and talking about it with you for this one like with kwa not knowing his parents I made the joke about the masked architect guy being his dad, but it could be. And then even like, I would assume you would know your parents, but like don't really put a timeline on when the death was. So I'm based off of the, I want to be a hero conversation from the beginning. I would assume that came probably post his parents dying when he was little. But then like, so when the host guy, the regular host guy in the lounge, like nods at KOL, like, yeah, you're doing a good job. You're getting ready. Like that could be his dad too. Oh yeah. Depending on the ages and how we're going to swing all this stuff. Like, I mean, I was, I mean, I kind of doubt their parents are dead somewhere and coming back somehow, but like, it's all at least set up in a way where it could be possible just because of how things have played out.
0: Yeah. They're doing a good job of that. Yeah. Like, Th- they've revealed enough things and, and paid off enough things so far that maybe in any other comic writer show, I would have been like, Hey, parents are dead. That's a good origin story. And here I'm more like parents are dead or are they? <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Have you been, have you been giving me, you know, uh, secret examples of what, where they really are this whole time? Like have you been dropping clues, which is, which is really fun. We, uh, we, we, we do get some more touching moments between the four of these as, as they are walking home. Uh, and, and really, you know, finding out that Kewa um, and Sarah, you know, had lost their parents, you really realize that's sort of the thing tying all of these people together now at this point. Like, you know, Ace has lost his mom. He, you know, he's, he's searching for her, all that stuff. Uh, Neon super estranged from her mom right like does not have a loving relationship there and then kewa and sarah don't have parents so like yeah that's sort of the thing tying them together and they are, they're they're maybe becoming this like weird found family thing
1: yeah like they they are assuming they all stay friends and Yeats mellows out a little bit too yeah. like they are they're basically a family like I, I i kind of at this point it doesn't maybe make as much sense for neon to date either of the two guys.
0: Yeah. I think at this point it would feel weird for me <laughs> Yeah, after this
1: episode. Yeah. Yeah. So now, now I think that like more of the vibe would be like, she wished to find her soulmate, but she doesn't really have to find him because now she's going to have like three brand new friends who care about her. and can commiserate and everything else. Like it kind of like evens that one back out anyway.
0: Yeah. Yeah. She, she maybe will come to realize like, I thought I was looking for like, for, for romantic love, but I was just looking for love. Like, just someone to love me. <laughs> just
1: someone to care.
0: Yeah, someone to care about me instead of just wanting to protect me. Um, yeah, I think that that's maybe where that's going to shake out. We, we, do, we do find out that Kewa and Sarah like, lost their parents in an accident. That's how they describe it. Um, Kewa, again, talking about his like, reserve, one thing we didn't mention was like he has kind of a flashback to when the Soba owner died in that kind of original game and, you know, does his, like, I won't let that happen again. So, like, he's, he's really he's stepping up to the plate. He's going to protect some people. I appreciate that.
1: Yeah, he's like, no more, no more death on my watch. Yeah. I won't uh, let you die and forget about it and not really know ever again.
0: <laughs> uh, Ace, Ace has a touching moment that by the end of the episode we find out maybe wasn't quite as touching as we thought. Um, with k he talks about, you know, like, I understand why you wished for world peace. Now all that's left is to finish the game and kind of like touch like little a little shoulder. buddy bump. a little buddy bump. a cute little line in this too, where she's like, "Well, it's over. My
1: final supper."
0: <laughs> <laughs> and a was like, "There'll little bit a next dinner. It's a okay."
1: <laughs> well, yeah, a like it's, I mean, double entendres. Probably yep. not the right word for it. I know exactly what you mean though. Yeah. Yeah. Like to him, it means like two things. Like he took it as like, she's saying it as I'll never see neon again. Tee hee hee. This was so awesome. But he's taking it as both. Like she doesn't think she'll see neon again. Slash he knows the world could actually end and it could be her last meal.
0: Yeah.
1: So he's like, fuck this. I'm not going to let that happen.
0: Exactly. Which is yeah. Very cool writing. Uh, We are, we're back with a cactus cooler and he's, um, He's as tall as a roller coaster now, so he's continued in the worst to grow. CG
1: in all seven episodes. That is the most important thing. This yeah. is the part that we we're talking about, where is the ugliest, weirdest looking shit ever.
0: It's so sad too because what's happening here in this fight is cool. Like the the roller coasters going, they're like running along the tracks. At one point, like they're riding on the roller coaster. Um like at the end of this fight, Geats is like Flying around like crazy, it's it's like a scene from like the Avengers or something where they're fighting this like giant monster and Iron Man's like zooming around and shooting and stuff. If it had looked cool, it would have been amazing. <laughs> but it just it just looked so bad. It was hard to like get fully into what was going on. nonetheless, Gawa is still on the train of like, I'm gonna keep the boost buckle. And I'm gonna I'm gonna take this guy down. And even Neon is like, let's think about this for a 2nd <laughs> just just hang on. Let's see just if slow we can down do it. A little
1: bit. Let's 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 talk let's talk this out. Let's sound out let's sound it out.
0: Pump the brakes, bro. And, <laughs> and ace kinda eggs him on. He's like, Well, you wished for world peace, right? Like he kinda gives him the motivation that he needs to to jump into the fight.
1: Remember that point. That'll be important in a moment. <laughs> That'll be important in about ten seconds in the way this conversation works.
0: <laughs> we get our first, uh, our first boost tycoon. He finally gets to use the boost buckle. It is. It, it goes exactly as you would expect <laughs> for Kawa. Like he does cool stuff. The bikes on the roller coaster. It goes off the big swinging boat in a hilarious way. He does cool moves. At one point, he's like flopping on the ground like a fish, though. <laughs> so you know kind of 50 50 as far as is how how good it's working
1: he had too much power He didn't know what to do with it
0: yeah no one man should have all that boost buckle uh kay takes a massive hit <laughs> just just gets just completely completely swatted away he falls down you know gets gets completely rebuffed by the enemy geats comes in to basically protect him from this final big shot so like the monsters um launches projectiles they're coming straight for Kawa. they're gonna kill him geats comes in protects him like oh my gosh like look he's like full-on good guy now he's doing all this protection
1: he well, hey, if they point out he punched what looks like missiles out of the sky he did he jumped in front of him punched the missile out of the sky <laughs> he did he did do that <laughs> And uh, it turns out it wasn't out
0: of the kindness of his heart because, like, achievement unlocked, secret mission cleared. Uh, Geets gets a brand-new buckle from this. He gets a drop from it. And he thanks Kiwa for getting his ass kicked, essentially. Yes, that, <laughs> hey, that was
1: basically the vibe of the conversation.
0: Uh, thanks, for, uh, thanks for jumping in. You know, uh, I just needed you to get beat up so I could protect you. And basically, yes, the whole thing was a ruse. And Geets again flashes the fact symbol <laughs> to remind you that he is he is a sneaky fox.
1: Well, so it's uh, great. it. I don't know if using the word fair and unfair is the right word for this, but after secret missions, I feel like he shouldn't know what they are ahead of time to be able to game them like that.
0: <laughs> yeah, that seems reasonable.
1: <laughs> like I mean, like the the reveal and the twist of like. No, I used you as bait so I could save your life. So I could get even like more powerful than I'm supposed to be. I do appreciate that reveal and that that abuse of trust and quote unquote friendship and everything else. It just seems kind of like bullshit that like he knows like the super secret mission is save another rider for us to give you like even better than the boost buckle buckle.
0: It's a great it's a great turn, right? Because you know he he is saving Klaw. He. He didn't motivate Kawa to like attempt this big thing on his own to build all this uh, you know character and, and build build his guts up that he didn't have before. So like he's doing things that are good and the mission he's clearing the secret mission if he didn't know that it was going to happen is like a reward for being selfless, right? Yeah, <laughs> but the yeah, fact exactly. that he knew then repaints all of his actions as not selfless anymore, but completely selfish. I love that he's doing the exact same thing as he could be doing, and be you know applauded for it. But instead, because he knew what the outcome was going to be, now he's manipulative
1: and he's a jerk. yeah. Now it's just now it's just slimy.
0: <laughs> it's great. It's wonderful. Like I really love how that all came together. Um, and and Kua, we find out, not happy about it <laughs> at the end. Um, this particular buckle that uh, that Geets gets is the ninja buckle, so it's green. It's ninja stuff, which we, you know, we saw um, we saw K-Wop playing with all of his ninja toys when he was a kid. Like, it's pretty clear this buckle is intended to be the one for Tycoon. <laughs> like, well, yeah, it, it's, it, it's, it's kind of like a Magnum. Absolutely. Yeah, I, th- I think I think that's the goal. But Geets has it. <laughs> Geets tells him. I'm saving the world, but only so I can make it do what I want. <laughs> so I can make it in my image.
1: Well, he, he, it's funny then though, like to actually like the reason he got it was for doing like the functionally selfless act that yep. I mean, from him doing it wasn't. But if it, since it does match Kayla, like that makes sense for that character then too. Like he would be the one that would do the selfless act and protect somebody else because he's too good. And then for doing oh, yeah. that, he would get the his his driver specific like two X boost thing. Yeah, it's so actually like, it. now, like again, like talking that with you makes it make like in that sense or in that vein, it actually makes like twenty times more sense that that's who it would be tied to and why.
0: Yeah, that, that is interesting, and, and I'm sure Geets knows all that. <laughs> you know, because he <laughs> he knew that the secret mission was going to get cleared there. He has probably been through a zillion iterations of that and knows, like, you know, it might even be, like, the history of, like, yeah, the tycoon guy tends to be kind-hearted. Normally, he'd clear this mission, but I'm going to sneak in and do it anyway because I want this buckle instead. (laughs) We get crazy fight to finish this up, like I was mentioning. Like, it's very Avengers-like, kind of Iron Man flying around. Uh, At one point, because it's the ninja buckle, um, he does his, like, Multiple person jutsu where there's a a zillion geetses around flying through the air. We do a big tactical finish. Geats flies in and finally kicks the can. Seemingly, things are are done, except the monster monster
1: disappears after he kicks it.
0: Monster disappears, yep.
1: There's a lull,
0: but the game doesn't end. And they're kind of like looking around, like, what's going on? And they realize that the like, the Geomato area didn't disappear. Turns out they didn't have the full rules to start out. You have to kick the can out of the Geomato area so that the boss monster can't get to it again, um, which is stupid and frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> so more, more monster fighting is going to have to happen next episode, but this episode is ending. And like I said, it ends with, with Kawa just being very upset about the fact that he got played once again by Geeks.
1: Which has been the common thing for... This is like the, well, the second time. Because uh, Geeks even says twice, or yep. it says it once and they flash it twice. Uh, fool you twice, shame on you. So he pretty much like just went heavy with it and was like, if you keep falling for my shit, it's your own fault at this point.
0: <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's especially... Painful this time because, like you know, we're seeing on the screen, thinking that Geeks has changed. Like, oh, he's he's a good guy now, and he's friends with Neon, and he's friends with Kwa and like he wouldn't do that again. Like, he knows him now. Like, no, he did it again, and it was even worse this time. Um, <laughs> so he's still he's still pretty complicated. I, I'm really so the first time it happened, KWA was pretty quick to trust him again, kind of. You know, he he, he kind of got played, but then they they sort of became friends and allies again pretty quickly. And I think part of that was like, you know, Kwa's like everybody can be happy type attitude. It'll be interesting to see if that happens again, or if if <laughs> Kwa holds this grudge.
1: I think the best way to do it, at least if I was going to write it, I guess, would be you set it up where it looks like he's falling for it for the third time. But then he does like the Geats twist at the end. And oh, he's yeah. like, you thought I was a fool, but I'm not. So I played you this time. Kind of shit.
0: Yeah. Maybe that's how, I um, mean, that's how k gets his actual first win. Like, it seems like Geats is going to win, but then no, <laughs> you, you were trying to play me, but I have, I have played you the player. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, potentially. So that episode ends, like I said, on a cliffhanger. We, it uh, seems like we're setting up for next episode, episode eight being our big end of the first game.
1: Well, yeah. Like, if we know the only part that's really left is kicking the can out of the arena. Yeah. Like, you really can't make that. Or I would hope they don't make that 20 minutes long. Like, there's really no reason for that now that we know the secret at this point.
0: Yeah. It's probably going to, well, it's probably going to take, you know, long enough to get towards the end and then we'll figure out sort of what the new world and stuff is like i'm guessing
1: that definitely makes the most sense or like maybe somehow drag it out Where like they hint towards the world wipe at the end of this and then it actually happens in nine
0: maybe but they
1: can't like they can't really do much more at this point they need to like actually end this one and then start back over if that's what's going to happen i I hope that they don't
0: Drag it too far out. Like I'm, I'm sort of liking the pace of like for there's it's two episodes per round because like it seems like a lot's happening. We get left on a cliffhanger and then we get it resolved. Like that's that's kind of a good pace. I I really hope that it's not like a long drawn out fight and then the cliffhanger is the world's ending. What's it gonna be like? Like, Oh, it's gonna happen
1: again. Wait until next time. (laughs) Like
0: I I can see that being the case, but I I hope not. So we'll see. Any other, any other predictions for the next episode and kind of how things shake out?
1: No, I, I think, like we said, realistically, they need it needs to end in one way, shape, or form. Yep. And maybe start the new world where they all know, hey, we're starting over again. But they just can't. At this point, they need to get it done with just to get something new started again.
0: Yep. I'm really excited about... Whatever the the new world, whatever changes about the world based on kind of the the wishes as they as they were, I hope that they're big shakeups. Like I hope that they change things pretty drastically or at least whatever happens, I hope it affects the next game heavily in some way. so i'm I'm interested to see like the potential that they could go in that direction. But,
1: yeah, definitely. makes sense. yeah
0: pretty, pretty excited about it. So, yeah, that's gonna do it for us for for this particular episode. As always, we will be back for the next episode of Common Writer Geeks. To discuss that, that'll be episode eight, uh, both of Geeks and of our show. If you want to listen to that and all of our past episodes, just search for Common Writer, or sorry, the Comment Writers, which is the name of our show. (laughs) Search for that in your favorite podcast app or on YouTube to check out the video version of our show. You can also follow our antics on the internet, uh, aside from the comment writers. Where can the people find you, Toby?
1: Uh, for Twitter, it's at Life of Tobes, and then Tobes plays on YouTube, where I play lots of games for extremely, entirely too long amount of times.
0: You are the preeminent Like a Dragon player, is what I hear. That, that, the rumor has it. Yeah. You're the only person I know who's played them all. So, so therefore, that means that you are The world's expert.
1: Well, not only that, but I've 100%ed every game. So there's like these huge ass checklists in those games. So to truly like play the entire 100% of a Yakuza game is usually about a 100 hour expedition, give or take. (laughs) So I'm about 800 hours invested in eight games.
0: (laughs) How many people do you think have realistically done that? 100% in all eight games.
1: So at least for my sample size of like, I'm in like, uh, like a video game discord, aside from like you and I talking mm-hmm. and everyone in there thinks I'm insane for a hundred well, for a hundred percenting all those games. But like I do it with every game, like Assassin's Creed origins, I think took me 130 hours to do everything. So my insanity for these things is well documented, but everyone just doesn't know why I keep doing it. I have
0: to. <laughs> I also don't know why you keep doing it, but I because I have I'm to. <laughs> <interested>. <laughs> I have to. Yeah, I, I bet. The, I bet that. I bet that uh, team, if you want to call it, I bet the collection of people who have 100 in all eight of those games. I I bet it's fewer than you think. Yeah, I bet. I bet you're in some rare company there. Hell yeah. <laughs> Anywho, uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can do that. That's kind of the main place I hang out on the internet. I am at pretty deece josh that's p-r-e-t-t-y-d-e-c-e-j-o-s-h so once again we'll be back for common Rider geeks episode eight we'll be back to end this game and rebuild this world anew until then we'll see you Taking shots at the enemy. I'm going to make it to the top, leave a legacy. If I got something to say, you better let me speak. Turn it up a new degree, bitch, you ain't seen anything. I pop off with the new rock. Electronic, blow the sonic roof up. I'm too honest when I take a few shots.